Hello and welcome to The Late Show. My name's Rob and this is Nick Late. Hello Nick. Hi Rob, how's it going? Very well, thank you. And Good. thank you for finding us wherever you're listening to, whether through SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher. Please subscribe, lovely ratings, etc, etc. Um, we're talking about copywriting, uh, various aspects of copywriting and, well, I'm going to let Nick okay. talk. Thank you Rob. Um, I was thinking about what, I was thinking, what do I want to... What, because there's so much I could talk about in copywriting. I could talk about the, yeah, because there are so many formats, so many mediums, so many techniques that you can use. Mm-hmm. And I thought, where could I start? And I thought that the thing that I attend to every day, the thing that I know that I have to interact as a user, as a customer, is email. And more specifically, inbox. And mm-hmm. we all, and I thought that, why don't we talk about kind of the dynamics of an inbox as it relates to copywriting? People use their inboxes, their email addresses very differently to... Well, they use them in yeah. an abundance of different ways. They do. And I think, and just before we came on air, um, I did say to you, Rob, that it, it is strange. I think that everyone has their own idiosyncrasies when it comes to mm-hmm. inbox. Mm-hmm. Now, it could be that it's... Um, some people go on their mobile, mm-hmm. some people exclusively, and may never go onto a laptop or a desktop or even a, or a, um, a uh, what do you call them, uh, like an iPad, uh, tablet. Um, equally, there might be some people who that's the, they only ever check on their desktop, laptop. Mm-hmm. So there are different um, times and places. Mm-hmm. There's a static, there's a, a mobile, literally when someone's moving. So what I wanted to do, and this is, I want you, dear reader, dear viewer, dear listener, (laughs) dear listener, I got there in the end, dear listener. All of the above. Yes, all of the above. And because this this will probably come out as a uh, multimedia extravaganza, we'll turn this into a video (laughs) and whatever it be, animation. What I want you to do is, as as I'm talking, I'd like you to think about your own inbox. How you access emails on a day-to-day basis. This is gonna be absolutely unique to you. And what I want you to do is to reflect upon what I'm about to talk about and see how it may apply to your inbox and then to take that next step and think, how is how does this relate to your end user? This could be your customers, it could be readers, blog, um, you know, if you, uh, you could be putting a blog and then you're trying to get into someone's inbox. The whole point of what I want to talk about today is how do you make sure that you get read in the inbox, that you get opened, well, sorry, it should be you get opened, you get read, and then you, you get acted upon. That's what you want to do. And I'm going to go into more detail. And there's lots and lots of kind of, it's almost like the 12, um, is it 12 steps to, no, not 12, the 12 um, layers <laughs> to recovery. of recovery. Yeah. recovery. Yeah, it could be that. It could be that. But there are, as I started to write them down, I think there are so many different gradations of how we, or how anyone looks at their inbox mm-hmm. and makes those small, very, very quick decisions of whether to read, delete, Delete, unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. So there, there is. What I really want to do is start thinking about what actually happens in the individual's mind, their mm-hmm. perception, their cognition when they go to the inbox. Because 
I thought oh, someone must have talked about this before because it's so important and it seems to be so yep. for me like common sense because mm-hmm. you go to your inbox and that is where if there's a commercial communication people are trying to get through to that but no one really talks about but there are people who talk about subject lines mm-hmm. that's fine then they talk about the design and the whether it's mobile friendly and all that kind of stuff which is all good but no one has actually gone to the extent where they say what is how does how does an individual their cognition for an inbox their inbox experience mm-hmm. i'll explain more hopefully this is starting to make sense but absolutely the levels of engagement yeah yeah i mean Rob, why don't we start with you Rob? um mm-hmm. How do you engage with emails? So I got several email accounts. Ah, okay. But, so that's interesting. How many? You don't have to tell us what the accounts <laughs> are. So I, I, who knows what you might be using them for? But um, they are, these are accounts that you would actively look at each day. Yes, I okay. mean, uh, there's different kind of purposes I have, and okay. they're probably not the most efficient uh, way to use them. But I use them very often as a pool and as a storage mm. space for notes. In fact, I probably get more emails from myself than I do from <laughs> anyone else. And again, my email accounts are quite old as well. I still use a Hotmail account. Well, join. I, I use Yahoo. Well, that's even that is even older. <laughs> but the my my um, mentor Bill Bonner, and I think he's changed it now. He had one of the first email. He was very early onto the email scene, mm-hmm. and he up until maybe it, I don't know if he still got it, but he had something called a CompuServe right, okay. address, wow. which was a, a string of numbers. <laughs> it was. It wasn't even his name. It oh was. Gosh. Oh, maybe. No, it was a string of numbers. I think I'm pretty sure the early CompuServe ones were a string of numbers, and. You know, if you had that now, it would be unique. I don't. Mm. It probably doesn't even exist anymore. Um, but yeah, let t- tell me about your how many different inboxes. And you say uh, what's well, I should back up. What you said is really interesting. That you said it's very, it's probably very inefficient. Yes. But so I think that most people are inefficient. We're human beings. Mm-hmm. I think we're all, and there are some people who are really. Mm-hmm. But I think most people are not logical they're not they could be in quotation marks more um, uh, they could could simplify the way they do things they could be more productive more efficient but that isn't what human nature is like Uh people are fallible people are also they have their own ways of doing things they have little habits and they enjoy them And and it's something which now, email is not just about these metrics that we see, open rates, click-throughs, and those kind of things. Behind those numbers are humans, and those humans from day to day are not necessarily always, in a way, the same person. Mm-hmm. That person can be short-tempered one day, they can be relaxed and open the next day, and their relationship and their perception and their experience of an inbox as we're talking about inboxes, can be very, very different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they may be looking at it in a very angry, in a very uh, dismissive way. And so that's when that person may unsubscribe or delete an email that another day they probably wouldn't and unsubscribe. And I've had people um, from my own email list, um, they've got very angry for some reason or another and said, get me off your list or whatever it would be, very, very angry. And I say, oh, I'm terribly sorry. Yes, of course, you can come off the list. And, I, and this is usually the next day. 
oh, and the, 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 their replies are invariably, oh, I'm sorry, I was in such a bad mood yesterday. I didn't mm. mean, I was just getting all those other emails that were coming through mm. and um, I didn't mean to delete yours. I would mm. say, could you put me back on? And this happens a lot. That is interesting because I think the way pe- people communicate on a wider level when it comes to digital is they are far less confined by manners and, and good approaches. So they can, yeah. these outbursts. But my, my, I've got two Hotmail accounts okay. prim- and one Gmail account. And my Hotmail accounts are older, and they're almost like time capsules. They're almost like period pieces. I've got emails going back to 2004 in there. And I haven't uh, adapted necessarily with, like, for, when it comes to Hotmail, the use of OneDrive and things like that. I prefer to keep it simple. Oh, it's OneDrive where everything goes into... Yes. So shows and how, <laughs> I, and I can I, I keep things there, but I prefer to keep it as a resource that I can uh, refer back to more yeah. than anything else. Um, like, like passwords, actually, which is not, not a tremendously safe way to do it, but... So you've got those three. Sorry, just mm-hmm. to back up. You've got those three um, emails. Do you check all of them yes. each day? Yes. So the, the first Hotmail one, it was my primary account, and that was used for communication, personal and professional, but as, as friends. I mean, friends don't really email me anymore. It's WhatsApp, and it's Facebook, and it's Twitter. So we don't use it for that form of communication. The second Hotmail account was specifically for marketing emails and other kinds of... Um, I will say bump at this point. Oh, which, so you would... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So you, you have got two Hotmail addresses... Mm-hmm. One which you only obviously give out to, so those would just be friends. Yes, and 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 it might be on and my business. CV back in the okay. day, but now using a hotmail does look terribly old-fashioned. So that don't worry about that. Let's so, get the other one. So you, I just wanted to get a handle on. You've got the one hotmail, which was a kind of a personal and yeah. also a. Um, Originally, it yes. was to do with business, a business with, with with my full name and stuff like that. Because okay. I, I, I had a former colleague whose primary email that he used to send out on a professional basis was with the name Schizo Mofo. So oh, my yeah. the, my two hotmail accounts are very straight, very straight. Okay, so the second one, you have did you early on make the decision that you would have a separate hotmail account mm-hmm. that was just for. What is it for signing up to e-letters? Yes. Signing up to and there's only one retail. character difference between the email addresses, so I wanted to keep it separate that way. Okay, and and also for different kinds of communications, okay. and if I needed to sign up to other things that I didn't really yeah. want, constant amounts of bump in the the primary one. Okay, and did you open both of those around the same time? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You look at those each day. How many emails would you say on a daily basis you're getting new? In those, um, probably about twenty to each, and then mostly okay. marketing and uh, information okay. emails. Now, okay. now the, the reason Gmail? I set up a Gmail mm-hmm. one was for greater use of YouTube to sign up to YouTube. Oh. So that was probably about five, six years ago. Is that because Google owns YouTube? Yes. And what's the advantage? You couldn't sign up to YouTube without a Gmail account. Is that right? Yeah, it was at the time anyway. Oh, you and can do it with. You can do it with. I think it's they, still the same. They try actually. and make it quite difficult. Yeah. yeah. So that was okay. that was for use with oh, YouTube, right. mm-hmm. and over time that has actually become my primary email. Even though the address oh, main, right. it still has my name in, but it's not quite as official or formal as the other ones. But so I, what would you? So now that you said. There was one that was effectively personal and career, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, business. Mm-hmm. One that was uh, for bump, as called yeah. it, just like uh, offers and all yeah. that kind of stuff. 
Gmail was for YouTube, but mm-hmm. that has started to change. That's overtaken, but only in a certain way because I, on my smartphone, which is my uh, when I'm at work, is my primary way of checking my personal email. Um, for some reason, Gmail doesn't link up to my iPhone anymore, so I have to go through a Safari or a web-based yeah. application to use that. So that does affect the way that I use my Gmail necessarily, but I would say my Gmail is now my primary source, okay. and that's probably because of the configuration when it comes to desktop. Okay, and so how many would you be getting through to Gmail? Probably about 20 as well. Okay, 20 like a day. That, yeah. Okay. And when do you... Sorry, this sounds like you should be on the... Uh, the psychiatrist couch. <laughs> um, and how often do you? How often do you check your email, your inbox? This is not. This is not me. As in, I'm working with you in the office, mm. saying, "How often do you look at it?" <laughs> but um, just to give me an idea, um, how often would you say you're looking at those or attending to them in a way that is, you know, you're sorting them? Basically? Probably every half an hour, I'd say. Yeah. But if I if I'm expecting a reply or I've just sent a mm. reply, it might become more than that. Mm. But I think I do use email more than necessarily my peers might. Mm. Personal peers I'm talking about. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I know a lot of people don't use their email at all anymore and they keep them their inbox level as zero. Maybe I go with a go out. Maybe I hang around with a lot of people who are particularly O C D and very neat and tidy. Well but, so how uh, do they communi- how do they get how do they communicate well, how do they communicate? <laughs> WhatsApp, I think, is probably their their first and foremost. Okay. Right? But uh, and f- followed by Facebook, and probably in my personal circle, less on Twitter. But my professional circle, highly use of high use of Twitter, especially uh, as person as actually reaching out to you as an individual. Oh or? yes, yeah. Oh really? And people make formal applications that uh, formal approaches as well that way mm. through DMs and stuff like that. I'm not so much of a fan of that, especially when people are looking for mm. professional advice or something along those lines. I don't so think you've it's... got, I'm just trying to think, and this is interesting, I think this is what, um, and this just shows how different it is. The people, uh, the, you, you know, you're, you're listening, you out there listening. It's uh, just talking for a couple of minutes with Rob, we've identified that there are three email, potentially three email addresses. Mm-hmm. You've got WhatsApp, you've got Twitter. How many Twitter? Um, I do have two just, Twitter accounts. Two Twitter well. accounts. Okay. WhatsApp, is that just one? You just have one yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then text messages and what have you as well. So you use different. text messages a lot? Um, not as much as WhatsApp. Okay. okay. So as a hierarchy, would you say, for you, it's, it's WhatsApp, email, text? If people are contacting me, yes, but okay. I, I, don't, I don't get um, consumer or professional messages through WhatsApp. Okay. We, I'll talk more about, I think that it's, it's interesting that the modality of how information and data our data streams in our life mm-hmm. we have different data streams and for me it is it is primarily primarily email because i use i've used email for such a long time mm-hmm. i use email as much to sometimes actually as uh, to put uh, ideas down and mm-hmm. send to myself so i almost use it as a kind of a place for documents mm-hmm. and because my business is all about predominantly about email mm-hmm. it's about reaching out and contacting and the reason why, and I'm, there may be lots of ways that people could be making money from Twitter and WhatsApp and text, and I'm sure people do make money from those things. My experience has been email, and I've been doing email since 98 mm-hmm. or 9, 98 or 99. And it's something that I know in our business and looking at statistics in other industries, 
it continues to be next to maybe direct mail the single best mode for information publishing Mm -hmm. and i mean that in the broadest broadest sense and that could be where it could be for professionals they're wanting to share as authority sites it could be blogs i mean of course there is there's i mean that's another thing there's the youtube as another data feed as well Mm -hmm. but just focusing on email i think it's pretty when it looks at i'm just trying to think of the two different modes really are you're going to look at it on a desktop or a laptop mm-hmm. or you're going to be looking at it on your mobile device. Mm-hmm. When you look at it on a mobile device, I'm just asking, because I, I do use a mobile device, but do you get the name, the subject line, and you just get, is it a preview pane? You just get a couple of, I do, on my yes, you can set it up different ways. I yeah. get the first couple of lines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's probably, that's kind of like default and most people go towards a default. Yeah, I think it's a default setting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. And I think that with when when you're doing your email, just I'm just like setting some like kind of grand things here. That when you have your inbox, your email inbox, mm-hmm. it's Hotmail um, or Gmail. Do you have it where list of emails and a preview pane? Yes. To look below. Okay. Yes, I do. Yeah. So when you click on any of those in your inbox, mm-hmm. it appears in the yes, pane below. Yeah. Okay, good. Because what I wanted to, one of the big ideas I wanted to. And it's kind of a Zen. It's Zen email. Zen okay. inbox. <laughs> if you can find peace in my inbox, uh, that'd be well, good. Well, uh, it's like the sound of one hand clicking or one hand clacking, <laughs> clipping. <laughs> Ultimately, I want to just like push this out that the best subject line you can have, the highest, the highest uh, level of attainment for a subject line is to disappear, is to be... No subject to line, so no subject line at all. Tell me a little bit more so about that. It's like first there was a mountain, then there was no mountain. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting Confucius email. Ah, well, I think that that those uh, gurus and uh, uh, spiritual teachers probably knew a lot about email, okay. even though they didn't know, or maybe they did know. Maybe they're watching it now. The whole thing about email is when you look at email, you. Um, attend to different parts of it and the way that um, uh, the eye moves you have something sort called saccades mm-hmm. and uh, that's the right pronunciation and fixations in other words if the saccades are these flicks of your eye very quick movements mm-hmm. and your eye doesn't move along the line of for example looking at your subject line or yeah. your book you don't look in a straight line mm-hmm. your eye in milli milliseconds like uh, very very quickly um, is flicking forwards and backwards stopping at certain places but gotcha. going very very quickly gotcha so we don't actually read in a linear way so I would suggest not suggest because this has been borne out by eye tracking software mm-hmm. that when people look at an inbox for the first thing they're really going to attend to and you look at these kind of heat maps that you can see yeah they will look there'll be a kind of a, a, a heat down the left hand side yeah and that is just in the western way that we read I yes. don't know if it's different in Japanese or um, in the Arabic uh, Arabic world is that we look from left to right yes so naturally when we look at our inbox we look at the sender the from mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. we may not realise that we're doing this but I would suggest oh, but I would suggest I would suggest because I'm making it up I'm not making it up <laughs> is that you look down 
the subject, the uh, sender, yeah. and then your eye is actually flicking across. It's yes. going left and right, left yes. and right, left and right. And it is taking in the information of the sender and then the subject line. Now, my contention, this is a contention, but I'm... Well, let's see if... Who... If you had... You're looking at your emails and you noticed a name, a sender... Mm. It would is there anyone that you would even if it, if there was a blank subject line that you would immediately open that that and probably because of that sender your relationship with that sender you would either reply or do something or let's just say you would open it is anyone that you could see and we don't need to, you know, you don't need to well personal that. emails I'd always yeah. go for those first straight right. away but yes yeah, so the subject heading wouldn't have any bearing on that right exactly to. so just thinking about those people, so you're going to have, and I, for, for me, it would be my immediate family, mm-hmm. my children, my wife, my parents. Then it would probably be my close friends, the people who I um, know and I'm in constant contact with. Mm-hmm. Would you... And those people, I, I would suggest, is that I would look at, I would open those emails, irrespective of there being a subject line. It could be complete gobbledygook. Of course. But if I knew that it wasn't, of course, spam is a whole different issue. And if there, But let's just bracket out the world of spam and mm-hmm. of if there's any kind of virus that's sending out emails. There is your inner, it's kind of the, what have I called it? It's the inner circle of trust. Is it yeah. like the meet the fuckers? It says, <laughs> uh, you know, that he says that we're, you, that's you, mm-hmm. you're outside of the circle yes. of trust. And this, it, the inside of the circle of trust mm-hmm. is where you get to a point, and I'm talking about email now, is that if you get into that circle of trust, and that I would contend, that, I would say that this is the, the highest achievement of any business, in other words, any um, relationship with a customer or a prospect where you don't know them personally mm-hmm. and you don't have a personal relationship with mm-hmm. them is that if you can get within that circle of trust where you are effectively next in line mm-hmm. to close friends, family, yeah. and maybe you might suggest you know, if there was someone in the office who was sending you an email or someone that you knew was about to send you an email. Mm-hmm. Now, outside, and this is for you, Rob, Outside of your close family, those people that you see the name, you go, mm-hmm. yes, I know that, that person, that's why I'm going to open it now. Mm-hmm. Who would be next for you where, imagine there was no subject line, is there any other sender yeah. who you would actually open? I do have one privileged um, marketing uh, um, sender, which I, I do open all of the time, and actually privilege over other senders, mm. and that's the House of Fraser. Seriously? Yes, it is. And I can't really explain why. No, but wow. But it is, it is one that I... Because maybe I maybe it's because I do a lot of my shopping for clothes. And I don't do a lot of shopping for clothes online. So I suspect that's uh-huh. probably... But I do have a flood of other um, email senders who I would never open before. But because I do a lot... Of, again, because I do a lot of my shopping online. When it's come to Christmas presents and stuff like that, there's a, a David Austin Roses, a rose specialist. There's an equestrian... Um, Supplier, neither of which I'm interested in at all. But House of Fraser would be privileged. Wow. Mm. How, why would you think that is? 
Well, I have started to understand more and more when emails are sent to customers and, and why they are sent. And how to say phrase do do a lot of forty percent off today and stuff like yeah. that. So I know now very often if I go into those emails and click on something and have a look around, but then don't make a purchase or don't do anything further. Sometimes I find that better offers come through as well. Right. So and uh, I can resist uh, stuff from like Vodafone, which because I know that the majority of those are going to be my phone bill. Yeah. Um, but sometimes also Virgin Atlantic, who I have a, you know, whatever the flying account yeah. number is or stuff like yeah. that. But House of Fraser is definitely one that I would, and at certain times as well. So if it comes. Certain times of the. So other times yeah. when. And this is another interesting point that, you know, there are your favoured brands. House of Fraser is effectively a brand that you will always. Of course. Yeah, you, you have a very close affinity with. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I have brand affinity to. Who is there that I would. Uh, I always open Boomcat. It's a, it's a music website which right. they sell. It's uh, new releases mm-hmm. of very obscure music, mm-hmm. electronic music, world music, all that kind of That's stuff. That's super niche then. Super super niche, mm-hmm. and I know and I trust their opinions about the content. I know that they're going to they, everything they send me is to do with buying a product. Mm-hmm. They don't sell me the product. All they're doing is saying. I, but I know my relationship with them is that I trust them as curators. Mm-hmm. I have allowed them into my inbox on a regular basis and I open it every single time because I have, like you, I have a positive relationship with that brand. And I don't know what, what it is that, I mean, with the House of Fraser, I don't suppose it's different, but so are you looking for have you pre-selected so it's only actually sending you certain selections I can't recall but it's certainly very much in fitting with the kind of thing that I, the offers that I so can't they're remember obviously doing, actually, yeah, they're I mean, obviously doing a, a good job uh, oh very much so yeah, yeah and very effective right, um, right while I am very resistant to other offers and there's a lot of stuff that I, maybe I haven't unsubscribed from but I might have directed it into my spam instead oh really mm. well that's interesting because I was also thinking about reflecting on my emails and again I would suggest that uh, anyone listening to this if you are listening as you are listening to this otherwise you wouldn't know what I'm talking about that think about your inbox think about those emails that get um, connect uh, that you open and those that perhaps you you allow to be in and I've got some I've got a whole bunch of emails because I do it professionally as well so I I, I have I mean I have two three hundred that doesn't matter. <laughs> Two or three hundred um, emails a day, probably more, probably more like four hundred. So I have to. A lot of my time is, but it's it's productive time because I understand. It helps me to understand the dynamics of good mm-hmm. subject lines, good uh, email relationships, good um, marketing relationships, brand relationships. Is that there are certain. Um, let me think of the ones that give you an example something like Interflora you're right I don't unsubscribe subscribe from Interflora and mm-hmm. I probably only use Interflora mm-hmm. three or Certain four times, times a year, a year. Yeah, yeah. I would say I probably get one or two emails from them a week though so is that too much is that intrusive for you it's, it doesn't bother me it bothers some people it might would it bother you it wouldn't bother me but I, I, I think if 
like you, I'd only use them at certain times of the year. <laughs> well, I'm not speaking on your behalf, but would only use a certain amount of time a year. So they might be able to build a more accurate profile of when I'd be interested in these specific products. That's true. That's true. And I can't, because I only use it a couple of times a year, I don't, I don't find it intrusive. But And it's also like, there's one that I probably will never use. It's like the classic car club. Right. And the only reason I think I keep it, and I think, well, I'm, never, I'm not bothered about hiring a classic car, is that there is that kind of, oh, they, there might be this amazing mm-hmm. car the next time. So it's a mm-hmm. kind of an anticipation, and I allow them to uh, reside and to enter into my domain. And is that a long-standing relationship you've had with classic like, cars? Is it, is that I don't, I can't, do you know what? I can't remember when mm. I actually... Because um, it becomes part of your email uh, yeah. inbox, uh, not ritual, but uh, habits. I exactly. I mean, there are certain certain ones that go in there every single day, and I never read them. I'm very happy that they're in there, mm-hmm. and I think it would be. I don't want to unsubscribe because there's something about the relationship I have with that brand mm-hmm. that promises that. The payoff for me that those milliseconds or seconds perhaps that I have to spend over a period deciding whether to keep it or not and to actually delete it mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis or week-by-week basis is a fair enough exchange for me to hang around because I believe and I attend to them. So it's not that I ignore them, it's that I might take a quick look at the classic car one. I'll open it and have a look and it'll be, oh, there's a... TVR or it'll be an old I don't know what it'll be um, so a little Austin bit 7 a little bit FOMO then fear of missing out yes I think that I think and that I think is one of the main is is one way that email senders or uh, businesses can make sure that there is some kind of a lure to keep people engaged even if they're not buying it's important that you continue to have good relations even if you are not yes. they may not be people may be aware of you and you may be sending stuff out to those people they may not be opening or they may be opening but never clicking mm-hmm. and I wouldn't rush to and I know some people are very um, some businesses suggest that you know if people don't open it for a certain period that you just chuck them off unless it's really hurting you in terms of deliverability mm. or anything like that I don't see any reason why not because I know that this is just from personal experience. The number of people who say to me, Nick, I've been getting your emails for seven years, never bought anything, but I decided this time I'm going to do it. Oh, well, there you go. And then they go and spend some money and mm-hmm. then they become a customer and they're happy usually how usually would, very how happy. would it hurt not sending them that email or exactly them off the list? exactly and I, I saw frank kern who's a, another um uh, very good marketing uh, another he's a very good marketer <laughs> <laughs> trying to uh, imply that i'm like frank kern <laughs> yeah, um he suggests that it's it's important to go out to don't feel too uncomfortable going into someone's inbox with the same message but you may change the subject line mm-hmm. that people are not always going to be there and ready to receive your message mm-hmm. in the way that you it's intended so mm-hmm. let's say if it is a essentially a sales message 
and he's priming people or it might be offering a piece of free content mm -hmm. and this is another important part of that fear of missing out that we could talk about knowing that someone is going to deliver content whether you actually great content that you enjoy whether you actually read it or not it is knowing that that's kind of there and Frank Kern suggests that or this is what he does is he will send out the same message essentially with a different subject line right and he doesn't see any uh, negative effects as long as you're, you know, you're, you're, you're going to people who've already permissioned in, they know you, they know what you're about, mm -hmm. that there's nothing wrong with repeating, uh, going out more frequently. It's, it's quite, I, it kind of goes against what you would feel you should yeah. be doing. Yeah. And I, until recently, I would have said, I would have agreed with him. But I think that now we are bombarded so much mm -hmm. that we don't, um, attend we don't focus on emails as they come in in the same way that we perhaps used to we don't give each one mm, the same reflection yeah it's a flow we live in a flow of data the flow of data feeds and sometimes we can dip in and we can see something and sometimes we'll see it we'll see um a, a, an email that we want to attend to or um we we're interested we've got time to read other times it's just we haven't got time for it mm -hmm. I think as long as you've got that, and it goes back to that circle of trust, if you trust the ultimate intentions of, and the quality or whatever it might be of that sender, that you trust them that they are giving you good quality content, or they're gonna give you a good deal if it's a House of Fraser or any other retailer, that you remain in the circle, they remain in your circle of email trust, mm -hmm. your inbox of, uh, of trust. Mm -hmm. So they have kind of a special dispensation that, you can keep sending stuff and I get a lot of marketing emails and certain business emails and I get a lot of them, two, three, sometimes a day. Sometimes I'll ignore them, sometimes I'll attend to them, sometimes I'll, I'll um, file them away um, to look at later. But I would think what it's important that people need to understand is that we don't, when you're sending, doing email marketing, it is not about just when you send mm -hmm. it's not the actual sending of an individual marketing email or an individual content related email yeah it's what actually is in the readers the recipients mind mm -hmm. about you in between your sends mm -hmm. so essentially it is what happens their cognition and how they are primed to regard your email when they see it and that doesn't happen they don't just make that decision instantaneously based purely on the information that's there it's like there's an email from house of fraser 40 percent off knickerbockers uh, why i said knickerbockers it's not the 19th century uh rugby shirts 40 percent off off, off, rug, off rugby shirts that I've just got, why I said knickerbocker. I don't know. Have you been going through my order history? No, I haven't, or? and I haven't. I forgot, and it's completely thrown me now. I was imagining you in knickerbockers. It is. It is an unusual direction to take. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. But does <laughs> but it will come back to me? Um, is it as important now the timeliness than it mm. has been before? Do you think, or is this? Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, th I well, I think so. I think that because we, I think. 
do people still prioritise their inboxes in the same way on a, on a wider level? Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting because I think what we have is within we have different data feeds. Going back to this whole thing of data feeds, so you have you've got email that yeah. you connect with mm-hmm. and it could be on mobile or it could be on, on desktop then you're going to have your social media feed yep. mm-hmm. and more and more more and more people of different demographics and now they're going to be on Facebook and they're going to be on Twitter yep. or LinkedIn so that's going to be feeding in and that's tends to be that's going to feed in because you're going to get notifications for me I get notifications of anything interesting mm-hmm. tends to come through on email right so okay. it's LinkedIn or Facebook someone's mentioned me you on still Facebook. have Facebook notifications yeah. through email okay that's yeah. interesting so for me, it, it, it's not that I'm trying to be cool or anything or being really um, efficient. It's well, you just prioritize easier. your inbox. It's just easy. It's yeah. just easier for me. Is that so that I don't tend to check my social media as much. And I think that when I do look at social media, I'm looking at let's say Facebook or Twitter, for example. I'm looking at a data feed which is not the same. It doesn't have the same resonance it doesn't have, mm-hmm. I don't have the same relationship with it mm-hmm. as I would do email so when I go onto Twitter I'm looking at all these different messages you know you're looking at you're in the flow that's in the flow of it it doesn't matter I don't need to rarely would go oh yeah I think I'll go back to um, I didn't look at Twitter last Sunday I mm-hmm. think I'll go back to last Sunday exactly. and start looking at it it's a constant cascade of yes. information while Facebook does have that personalization and can come with recommendations from people you personally trust yes. as well. It's a yes. different point of contact, but like you say, but it's inboxes. But it is still relatively, well, when I look at my, I know, that's the thing, I never know. Well, I think everyone's Facebook is going to be different. Everyone's Twitter is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Everyone's, so that is another thing that we've got to kind of, it's not the, it, it's kind of an unknowable, but it's the thing to not presume that we know that we should treat, that our experience is necessarily going to be the same as our, End user. Completely different because Facebook news feeds now are not in chronological order. They, they mix it up like Instagram stories do yes. as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which I'm not a fan of. No, I try and keep it simple. So I'm, I don't. Yes, no, I don't. The Instagram stories is, is that that's relatively new? No. Not for me. No. But going back to email and then compa- comparing it to that, I think there's something still special about email and all the stats. Yes. When you look at email marketing, you look that it continues to be... People keep saying, oh, email marketing is going to die because it's going to be social media marketing or that kind of stuff. No, it's not. It's never happened. It's not happened, thankfully. And I think there's a reason for that. I think there's a reason that inboxes are more cherished. They are... It's where people should put more effort to be within the circle of trust or just mm-hmm. actually be in someone's inbox on a regular basis. Private as well, the privacy yeah. aspect. Yes, because I think when, from my point of view, when it's an inbox, my inbox is, I know that I've kind of curated it. I choose the people who can send me mm-hmm. emails. Yeah. Whether that is directly or it might be tacitly or it might be I just it may have done it years ago and I even if I can't remember but I know pretty much unless it's spam or that virus that I've pretty much permissioned most of the stuff that's going to come into mind Mm -hmm. so it's curated I personally I have curated it Mm -hmm. I've also attended because it will be friends it'll Mm -hmm. be there'll be a certain relationship thing with it I mean when you I'm just trying to think if I've got something else that I was going to say about that. Yeah, so it's permission. I've got control as well. 
I've got less of a control if I'm looking at my Twitter feed. I mean, I could unfollow people, but yep. I don't go through my Twitter feed and then suddenly think, oh, that's oh, that, that's that's really important. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's not something that I have that much of a connection with. Maybe it's right or wrong. Maybe it's because uh, e- email is a is a an older technology or it's an, an older platform. I feel more emotional ties or emotional, not quite distress. I would feel emotionally a bit uncomfortable if I was suddenly to to say that my inbox disappeared. Right, and then I, I would I would then I would kind of be worried thinking. Was there anything important there? Was there mm-hmm. something that I should have been looking at? Was it the, the, the yeah, fear of missing out and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think there's any other area that I would really, online I'm talking about, digital uh, platform, that I would really be that concerned about. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would be. I'm sure that I'm talking about a certain demographic. I'm, I'm not children, te- teenagers. I would say the broad population mostly <laughs> there's a real-time transience element as well to, yeah. to social media yes yeah. it's, it's happening it's done yeah. and it's gone yes yeah and so when it comes to inboxes i think there are to get to stand out now let's say that we've, we've talked about the zen the zen state where you don't need a subject line and you know to be honest if you could even go even further and not have a sender wow. if that's possible of not, not actually having a sender is that if you knew you'd been primed that you knew that an email would appear without a subject line and at a certain certain time, a specific mm. time, let's say if it was um, one o'clock in the morning on Friday, uh, Friday night or whatever. If something came through to your inbox and it was significant enough and that you knew that the payoff of opening it was significant enough, mm. it could be... A secret sale from of knickerbockers from gotcha. House of Fraser. Yeah, always looking out for the knickerbockers. Exactly. Or it could be um, it could be a private personal email. If you knew that something was coming at a specific time, you would look at and you would open most emails that came at one o'clock in the morning on Friday, mm. even if they had no sender or subject line. Mm. If you knew that there was the potential and this and this is again kind of abstract but yeah i would i would say that people will open it and what the, the point i'm trying to make is that with email it's as much what is it's the anticipation right it's the previous relationship that's been set up mm-hmm. with that so with um house of fraser or it might but with any any um sender that is within that you um feel that you have a connection with you're far more likely to open and now that relationship may work over a long period now you can't do you can't expect to get priority in someone's inbox if you only appear in their inbox once every month Mm -hmm. or two months Mm -hmm. or even once every two weeks maybe you're not going to get as much priority as those who are more frequent and delivering and aren't, um, uh, they have utility, that you find value in opening yes. them. Whatever that value might be, it might be um, that you are going on and making a purchase or it might be a relationship, a mm-hmm. two-way relationship, a mm-hmm. feedback. You can't expect to 
go to to uh, go up the priority of opens if you are not frequent enough. Now, that is one thing that anyone should take away is that the frequency matters. Now you've got to judge it on your own industry and your own what your relationship is with your end mm-hmm. your your reader. And that might be once a day, it might be once a week, it might be twice a day, it might be five times a day, depending on the industry. Now, if I was a an avid train watcher, train spotter, and I wanted to know the rarest rare or maybe a bird watcher and let's say it's i would want to know if there were any um, announcements of someone has seen the lesser spotted knickerbocker um, <laughs> bird <laughs> and if there was an email alert that told me that i would i would be and i was interested in um those type of birds and, and very excited about being uh, when they first come to it uh, the first one of the summer or the spring whatever mm-hmm. it be I'd, I, I wouldn't mind getting that. Or, for example, I, if I knew that... Um, I'm just trying to think... Of, are, there, are there any examples where you've got high frequency? I think what you say What's about anticipation is absolutely right. Mm. I mean, it's building up that sense of anticipation. For me, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with people coming into my inbox mm. if we've built up that relationship mm. where it's appointment to view. And what makes it difficult with sending email sometimes is that you can't hit the time dead on because the way servers deliver and stuff like that. Yes. So that that is a bit of a thing. But in terms of high-frequency emails, I think it would be the course of a sale or something like that. Two mm. days left, one day left. Absolutely. All that kind of thing. I mean, I could. I mean, we could talk, and probably will do, do a whole podcast on countdowns. And I'm very good at conundrums. So. Oh, no, no. Fricassee was the favourite one I ever got. Fricassee? Yeah, I was you quite, know, quite impressed with that. I didn't really know what it meant at the time, but uh, asparagus is another good one as well. Anyway, this is not Dictionary Corner. No, 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 that's absolutely fine. But so you, so a, da, um, a countdown, and I agree that people, and there's a weird dynamic about countdown emails that. Let's say you had a you had a you have a countdown to the launch of a product, or say a countdown to you. You're, there's an announcement, and let's say something is released on a particular date. You will you can send as long as you people are interested in that, and you can opt people in. There's a ways of you know, mm-hmm. you get people on to segment the list that mm-hmm. people are interested in that, and then you see get people excited, and then you get the launch date, and then you tend to see, in my experience. And no matter what the price point of a product or service, you will see a major spike on the day yes. of the release. Yes. And then what we tend to do, and not always, but certain products, what we'll do is that they're open for a certain time or that offer is open for a certain amount of time. Yes. So you see a spike and then you know they're told in, in advance that maybe it's another week. So let's say it opens on the Friday and it closes on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So you will see a spike on the Friday and then we would tend to go out every single day after that with at least one email i'm kind of generalizing and again this all depends on your type of product your industry but you can adapt it to to of course so you would have you would see a spike and then it would tail off after a day or so and you every time you mention it again it'll be you might get a few sales Mm -hmm. then when you get within a couple of days 48 hours 72 hours you start to say the deadline is coming the deadline is coming Mm -hmm. And this is genuine. This is not to make things up because usually when we do deadlines, it's a very good reason that we'll do a deadline is because we're trying to get everyone 
on at the same to start a course or a program or maybe it's a live event at the same time so yes. we don't want to um, have any stragglers so to speak but then as you get closer and closer you'll start to see the the, the curve goes up again so mm -hmm. you start to see um, increased numbers then if you know that it's let's say it's midnight that you close mm -hmm. we will then see the greatest spike and it's often bigger than the first day in the last six hours really and then sometimes if you could do I haven't done a proper analysis of it but the probably between if it closed at midnight I would say between six and nine when the pubs are closing on Friday night <laughs> yeah but then you will see then you will see right up to yeah the deadline uh -huh. now there's some psychology of people it's uh, it is a fear of missing out but it's also why eBay I suppose was an auction yeah, yeah. auctions it, mm -hmm. yeah it's that whole countdown thing it's actually you're starting to have uh, excitement you're making someone you're giving people a, a certain sense of um, it must be some kind of dopamine or something yeah, like that that people most likely I'm sure it is and that that kind that sense of closer and waiting and waiting and wait there's absolutely no reason there's no extra benefit apart from I mean there's a slight gamification to it as well because you win you win before the time. Oh, the up. eBay. Yeah, yes, well, eBay. But I'm. But on, on, when we're doing launches, and when I, I've seen other people do uh, launches and then close downs, there is not. There is no extra benefit. So it's. I used to think when I first saw it, oh, maybe it's just oh, there are people who've forgotten. But it's happened so many times on so many different types of products with so mm -hmm. many different demographics that it becomes inevitable that what there must be is that people either. Are they holding out for the best deal possible? Give I don't know, no, because we don't, the deal doesn't change. Of course. It doesn't change. And we say that that, that deal, it's not going to be repeated, probably, um, or you can't get in on this particular offer, mm -hmm. um, because we'll get caught out. Yeah, of course we would. So it, I thought, well, maybe it is that people aren't organised or, or whatever, but it's actually not. I think that genuinely, people must have, get a certain type of thrill. Or something that they find they have to wait mm -hmm. to get it. And I still haven't quite figured out. Mm. But once it's is. gone, it's gone. Yeah. So but it's, that's it's going in the last six hours. Yes. Yes. Now, there are ways of opening up that again. <laughs> yeah, I but I'm not but in a but in an ethical way. And I will talk about that in a different podcast because I can't just say that flippantly because there are ways of doing it gotcha. ethically mm -hmm. which are important and, uh, and you've got to get it right no, I, because otherwise you get caught up. I think we very much should look at those ethics because uh, yes. I didn't mean anything unethical <laughs> by it. But, no, no. Uh, okay, what I'm going to do right now is because I think that we are we're running to 50 uh, I think we're over 50 minutes now and I don't want this to be a marathon so I Rather than me start, I was going to talk about a few things, but I'm going to tell you what I'm, I was going to talk about. And what we'll do is we'll record one in a couple of record another podcast in a couple of days to catch up with this. Those things are that I want to. I'm, I'm in the next podcast. I want to talk specifically about what it is about a subject line that mm -hmm. makes people open them. Mm -hmm. There, and I'll give some specific examples. And that's going to be stuff that you can introduce into your own uh, when you're doing your own marketing, your own subject lines. 
And there's, that's a whole subject, and there's a, a few people I'd actually like to interview for that, so that might even turn into a whole series Ooh, of things just on subject lines. Mm. I also want to talk more about... It's still an idea that's kind of swimming in my mind. Is about the, It is about this hierarchy of opens. So this is... And I thought there might be just a couple. I'll go through them now, but I think that what, what's going to happen is, rather than labour it now, I'll give you some of the ideas so that you can go away with them and think about them, but I'll go into more detail about them with specific examples. Great. So this is just going over the kind of emails, and the kind of emails that we've been talking about in this, in this episode is you're looking at... And, and you can apply this to your own email experience, have a look at your own inbox, and, th- and try and think about how, what kind of inbox your uh, end user might have. Mm-hmm. Is that you're going to have emails that when people look at them, they're going to open them immediately, read them immediately, and they're going to act. And that is going to be the thing that you, the highest form, that's like that Zen, the uh, Zen email where... As soon as people see it, they're going to open it immediately. Yeah. They're going to read it or they're yeah. going to look at it in that preview pane. And whether they read the whole thing or not, it doesn't matter. They are then going to take a form of action. Now, that might be, they might click on a link. Yeah. They might reply to it mm-hmm. immediately. They might forward it. Mm-hmm. They may even, I was going to say, there's, there's not, because I'm not, I don't care at this, at this very point. And that's another thing I want to get across is at the moment, we're just seeing this in isolation. Yeah. The inbox experience. Yeah. We're not. I'm not bothered about whether you've got a great promotion mm-hmm. or anything like that. Or converting or yeah. just it's the all three ca- steps, the three initial steps. Yeah. Well, you've got to. You want people to open, to read. Yeah. And they may not even. I mean, you could have even where you open and act. Absorb. Yes. Okay. Then you're going to have open, read, leave. Mm-hmm. Now that might be a temporary, so where someone's looked at your email, they've read it, but they've not done anything with it. Mm-hmm. The next line, they'll open it, they'll read it, and then they'll file it. Now I've got a whole okay. list of, like I might know, because I get uh, notifications of um, certain metrics or, or sales it might be, and that will go into a certain folder. I may have a folder of um, news items or certain uh, sources that I like for research or for mm-hmm. news, and I might file those away immediately. I might read because I know that I'm, I might go back to those at a later date. I'll also have open immediately, read and delete. I've made a decision between opening and reading and think, right, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. And this will be, I think it's on a case by case basis, but understanding that people are making split second decisions about this in the moment, in their moment, which is not the same as anyone else's moment. Of course. Then you can have open now, read, Delete, unsubscribe. Do I do it that way around? No, you would do unsubscribe, then delete. Then delete yeah. yeah, because you have to un- unsubscribe. But then you'll get another email telling you you've unsubscribed, so you've got to delete that one as well. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true, but that's just, that is, it's kind of good practice. That's a 16 step process. Well, that's another, that's yeah. another way of uh, how to make sure, not how to make sure, the whole thing about whether someone is, um, opt-ins opt-outs mm-hmm. subscriptions <laughs> knickerbocker glory yeah why not there we go um, that's a whole other subject then you have the open now they don't read so they don't so they they click on it 
but they don't read mm-hmm. and I, I do this all the time I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll open it but I don't actually read it yep. and I, then I'll have to go back it might be a few seconds later it might be a day later but as you know because my, my inbox is chronological it's going down 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 mm-hmm. down, down. Mm-hmm. then I'm going to have the ones where I open now don't read but file because I think right I know this I know who sent it to me I know that there's a certain value in it I've got a folder for, your, for, for you you can go over there I know I'll come and look at that later and I do have a whole I have this file of, and I've kind of, when I knew that I was going to be talking more about email marketing and, and copywriting, is to just, all the emails that I know that I would want to read, I've put into a special file, and I'll and in the next podcast, I'll go through, through some of those and show you why I believe these are actually, there's certain principles behind these, and these are from very various different friends, business, retail, all different things. So open now, don't read, file. Open now, don't read, delete. Mm-hmm. I do that, I mean, um, sometimes I will go from jumping from, for example, chronological order to, I'll think, right, I've got loads and loads of stuff here. I'm gonna go by sender. Mm-hmm. So I'll do it in uh, alphabetical order of sender. So I can go down and let's say if I've got, I get, I sometimes get, 50, 100 notifications, which are business notifications. <sighs> Headache inducing. No, but these are internal things. So there'll be sales. Mm. So I'm looking at hundreds, okay. hundreds gotcha. and sometimes it is. Sometimes like, you know, quite recently, I had like a thousand mm. in one day, which is a nice Good day. day. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a that. So, but I know, so what I have to do is I go down and normally I was trying to redirect them automatically, but it didn't work. So I would go down, alphabetical order on the sender, Tick, 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 tick. Right, all of you move into that folder there. So those are the ones that I don't necessarily, um, I may not even open those. I may just go, yeah, I can see those. I'll click on that as a bulk action mm-hmm. and get those sent out. Then there's the open now, don't read, delete. I said those open now, don't read, delete. No, go the other way around. Unsubscribe, delete. Um, and then don't open. Mm-hmm. This is what this is why we need to because it starts to get a bit uh, vague, fuzzy. It's like fuzzy logic when it gets down to you know, down to here. It's the I don't even open it. I don't read it. Yeah. I just delete it. Yeah, straight away. But I don't unsubscribe. Yeah, well, that's very significant. So this could be sometimes it could be like the it's like the Hans Fraser. It's like the classic car club. Why I, I don't know why I keep having it. Mm-hmm. Well, I do know why I keep having it. That's what because I'm thinking about it now. Is I accept that intrusion. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as an intrusion. There is, there is, from my from my perception, and enough potential future payoff mm-hmm. that I don't mind it appearing and me never reading it. And actually, all I'm doing is having to attend to that one extra piece of data that I've got to delete and make a decision about. Yeah, I think it'd be um, quite handy because there's there's so many permutations of this. I did I did do a whole thing of it, and I've lost it. I did it You're about six joking. months ago. No, oh, and I did no. like. And I did examples. So what I'm going to do... I think we what, could do that up as a file as exactly. well. Exactly. And that's that's why you've got to listen to the next podcast. Mm, because like I'm going to go through that. I'm going to give <laughs> examples on each of them. Pr- practical examples on how to make sure that you are where you are in that hierarchy mm-hmm. of inbox. Um, and then we'll email things. it to you. Yes, then we'll... <laughs> yes, give us your email and then we'll sort that out. Exactly. And if you're interested so, in any knickerbockers... I yeah, can, uh, we will have a whole knickerbocker glory... I know a guy. Hole. No, not a glory hole. Uh, knickerbocker <laughs> glory. <laughs> not the same thing. 
Isn't it? No. What's that then, Rob? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't go there. I'll look on Urban you know Dictionary later. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, actually, Rob normally says goodbye. Well, just, just in his uh, booming well, uh, baritone. Do, please do tell us about uh, your Twitter account so we can send further notifications to your email inbox. Yeah, you've got to give an email. Got to give email. No, but it's, it, seriously, if you want to... Can they do that? Where we can actually send... No, you, if if you let them know what your handle is, and then people can contact you there, and then, you, well, then they're getting yeah, getting your inbox. It's, it's at Nick Upstart. Excellent, and that's great. Any anything else before we uh, we sign off, Nick? And we'll be speaking to you again very soon. No, we're going. We're, I think we'll just have a bit of a lie down, and then we'll not together, <laughs> not together. I'm going to have a bit of a lie down, and then we'll record the next one. No, yeah, I'm going to have to well, talk to knows? HR about this Nick Bucket. HR, but, uh, yeah, you're HR, aren't you? Don't know, really. Oh, have we got God. HR? <laughs> HR is kind of a free-flowing idea, as you probably... Is it? Well, (laughs) I don't know. HR, I thought thought that was the initials of someone who works in the business. I I can't remember anyone called HR. Oh, gosh. There's Eloise, but she's not... (laughs) Anyway. On uh, that note. On on that that note. Of of hiring and firing. Not with firing. Not firing. No, Uh, Maybe I won't be back next week. (laughs) But that's what what HR do, don't they? They... Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, yes, I should say Rob will definitely be here at the next recording <laughs> and for as long as the sun doth shine in the sky. Oh, gosh. Um, Good. So probably not for the winter. No. <laughs> I think you're listening to this now, but I'm sure that this is actually never going to be broadcast. So we'll probably you'll probably find that this is going to be in that. What was that work that we talked about on the very first? Oh, was yeah. it the digital dump or no? Oh, was yeah. It? yeah, I can't remember. No, I can't remember either. M- maybe but, the maybe I'll cut from the bit that yes, you first yes. mentioned knickerbockers. Uh, yeah, that's fair. that's a that's a good place so, yeah, to finish. A five minute uh, yes. podcast this time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Boom, 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 boom.